Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franzen. Welcome to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. And I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. And it is an honor for us to be with you here today. Hey, it's 2023. I believe we are, Doc, uh, I believe as far as calendar years goes, this is our fourth calendar year uh, for this podcast. We are officially now uh, in 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, actually the fifth calendar year, actually thinking about that. It's the fifth calendar year, Pete. Yep. I didn't even think about that. It's the fifth calendar year uh, for this this podcast. Hey, for all of you who are uh, regular listeners, welcome uh, back. We are excited for another great year. We've got a, an incredible uh, lineup of topics and things we want to discuss this year. We've been listening. Uh, we've been paying a lot of attention. We've been learning. Uh, one of the things we love about leaders is leaders learn. And today's topic is going to be incredibly valuable. Why? Because this is something we are regularly visiting with all of you and we know that in order to turn our jobs into businesses, we have to have A players. We want to not, not only find A players, but keep A players, create positions where people can make a career position in chiropractic, working in chiropractic and working specifically with you. So today's topic is something that we have been working diligently on on our end behind the scenes in our company, The Remarkable Practice. We have actually released a very specific training program for our CEOs to be able to equip and empower their leadership team, specifically an office manager. We're going to cover today the office manager ascension. Dr. Steven, I'm looking forward to digging in and going deep today with you. Pete, we all hate the idea, even the thought of leave, losing a key player, right? So just the thought of losing an A player in your team should just give you the shudders, right? So I love what top grading teaches on this. If you hire the wrong person for a role, it's going to cost you three times their salary every year. But if that wasn't bad enough, losing the right person is going to cost you five times their salary a year, every year. So we want to keep these A players, right? So very often, you know, there's lots of reasons people leave our team, right? So the truth is, is that some people, for some people, your practice, your business, their experience with you as a team member, as an employee, it may be a stepping stone experience, right? So, you know what, and that's going to be a blessing for you and for them. You know, if you go into this you know, eyes wide open, understanding that's what it is. But other people, other people can be cornerstones for your business where you can just build your your business around this person or they can be just such a critical component of your business. And you want to keep those people and you want to build a team and a business around them. And you want to set them up with for success, not just success for you and your business, but man, you've got to fall in love with setting other people up for success, right? So remember the CEO's job is to create an environment where people are better off with you than without you. And they know it. Right. It's not this this covert, you know, cloak and dagger thing. It's like it's a, it's an open conversation. It's like I want to set up an environment where in order for us to reach our goals, you got to reach your goals. Right. So let's make sure that we are really clear on what are our team members looking to accomplish, especially those A players. And let's give them a runway 
towards reaching those goals, achieving those goals, those that, you know, fulfillment and achievement are just so incredible, incredibly important for a human being. And man, if they know that being alongside of you is the pathway for them reaching their goals, Dr. Pete, they're never going to leave you. You know, and I think for us, I and mean, we look at it, I think a lot of this goes back to your philosophy. But when I look at my philosophy of chiropractic, my philosophy is that, you know, the patients and the families that are in our practice are safer and healthier than the families that are not in our practice. It's a premise, right? Or premise in the remarkable practice. So we expect that when people encounter chiropractic, right, they have their epiphany, they have that aha moment, they come to the discovery, they've been going from a believer to an understander. Now they choose chiropractic for themselves and their family because they understand it. So just like we expect a patient to make a career, so to speak, out of being a patient, make a lifestyle out of it, right? It's a, a lifestyle success strategy for a patient. We would expect that we would have that same type of a culture for our team. And so this is where we really as leaders need to change. Maybe you need to change that expectation because maybe in the past it hasn't been that way. Maybe clinically your practice has been more of that, you know, uh, you know, replacement kind of model where the retention really hasn't been where it needs to be. And maybe that's also a reflection of, hey, where are we at with our vision of what success looks like? So Dr. Steven, this always goes back as a leader, go back to your vision. What does success look like? What is your, what do you value? What is your product? What are you trying to create here? Because that honestly, Dr. Steven will largely determine your ability to attract and keep that A player talent and create that career position for that person. So for me, it really does come back to the philosophical roots and philosophical foundation of the business in many ways. And you want to make sure that you're bringing in team members who are going to be able to support you and the patients that you serve in your community with fulfilling on the promise, that brand promise that you have, that brand message as well. So again, this starts there. We always talk about you know the four rights, getting that right person in the right role, doing the right work in the right way. And this is where the slowdown to speed up uh, discipline comes in because we must start with the end in mind. We need to begin with that vision of what does it look like three years from now, five years from now. When you're interviewing, let's say at the beginning of the, the process of the relationship, while you're interviewing, this is what I see. I'm not, I'm looking for someone who's going to make a career and wants to make a career with us, right? That's who we're looking for. You might get people to opt out of that. And you know what? I'd rather them say no now than come in and lose either like top grading said, lose that A-level talent because they never really signed up. That's not what they ultimately signed up for. Or you end up settling for bringing in someone who's less than what you want because they said, yeah, I'll buy into the vision, but they really weren't the right person for that job. So at the end of the day, Dr. Steven, this comes back to clarity of your vision, your philosophical approach to your business, your product, and then again, bringing that right person in. So starting with that right person is the key. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we in this conversation, I think there's a couple of things I really want to make sure that we hit on because there's we get questions from our coaching clients all the time on on these things. This is just like a recurring um, set of questions that I want to address. So uh, making sure that they understand, you know, what are the roles inside of the chiropractic practice when we're talking about this, you know, this runway, right? So the runway I'm describing is, is it's, it's that office manager track, if you will. And we're, we're going to break that down. There's actually four distinct roles that we're going to talk about on 
in today's show. So uh, we'll talk about the four distinct steps, if you will, in the track of the office manager or the runway towards the COO or chief operations officer, if that's part of your vision story, right? So we're going to break that down. We're going to talk about job description, like what a what are the job descriptions? What are their responsibilities? And therefore, what are their accountabilities, right? So around each one of the roles and probably the most helpful part of this will be the distinction between those roles. It's like, you know, so I love what Gino Wickman says in traction around uh, GWC. Do they get it? Do they want it? And do they have the capacity to do it well? Very often, you know, this confusion when we talk about, hey, do you want this role? Do you want this job? Hey, I want to, you know, I, I, w- I want to, um, I want to know like what kind of upward mobility is there in this business, right? So they want, they, they want to be able to take on more authority and they want to get paid more, right? So there's all kinds of, there's all, you know, when they, when they ask questions, know that you have to have a runway for these people. You have a track that there's defined roles in this business. And we would love to be able to put you on a track that would get you to a higher level of, responsibility, which means contributing or delivering more value to this business. Like, so adding more value to the business and Dr. Pete, as you know, money follows value because we'd love to have you capture more value and have you make more money. So we're going to talk about the responsibilities and the accountabilities of the ascension, each step and the distinction between those, which of course leads into a conversation around compensation. It's like, so how do you pay them and how do you pay them differently? So I think that's a really important part I'm psyched to explore this four-step process so the doctors can understand it's like, when is my practice ready for this role? Like, how do I know I'm ready for that, right? So how do I know if a person is the right person for that role? How do I know if they're ready for that role? Like, how, how do I, you know, articulate this and communicate this to my team? Um, man, this is going to be a great conversation. Yeah, so let's let's get right in. So let's start with uh, rule number one, uh, or what we like to say, the four distinct tracks. So track one is the track of the checkout CA, or we like to call COCA. So there's really three. If we looked at the objection objectives of the position doc, as you think about this very specific role, there's a clearly defined role of a checkout CA. It's very important to understand that there's a there's a very different hard wiring of someone who is a checkout CA as opposed to let's call it another position on the team maybe check in CA. there's a there's a there's a difference between these two so checkout ca is is defined by their really three characteristics number one is that they're the boss of tomorrow so they're the person that ultimately owns the the schedule as you look ahead as you as you think about retention right you think about what is the what is your uh 30-day future scheduled appointment percent right we know we know we gave away our remarkable standards on a podcast maybe a couple months ago uh we talked about the remarkable standards so they would be one of the one of the things that they would be governing would be our future scheduled visits they're looking ahead they're the boss of tomorrow they want to make sure that tomorrow is even better than today and today is going to be the best day we've ever had so imagine tomorrow was better than today what is that that's amazing yep tomorrow's going to be even a better day than today and every day when they show up, their role is to ensure that tomorrow is going to be even better than today. I'm going to make sure the flow is better than today. I want to make sure communication is better than today. I want to make sure the schedule is even better tomorrow than today. I want to make sure that we can need to grow tomorrow over what we do today. I want to make sure we keep moving towards our goals. I want to make sure that all the patients that have a visit tomorrow and the rest of this week and next week, that we're prepared to make sure we care for them for whatever the special type might be, right? Boss of tomorrow. That's step one. And you and they, they govern that future, brighter future through the lens of the, the schedule, 
Now we have the beauty of computers, but back in the day, it actually even it was pencils and erasers, right? And that big book. So owning that schedule, number one. Yeah. So you said something there, Pete, that I want to make sure that we double click on, right? So what you're making reference to when you talk about the distinction between the check-in and check-in CA and check check-out CA, if you are following the remarkable practice recommendations where you're building a football team versus building a ski team, right? So ski team everyone's doing the same thing. Everybody's in the same uniform. Everyone's using the same gear, skis, pole, skating. They're skiing the same lines. They're going around the same gates. They're just racing against the clock. Ready, go, ready, go, ready, go, right? So that's a very common structure for a lot of chiropractic practices. What you're referring to is a football team, which is not just a team of experts. It's a team of specialists, right? So specialists, meaning we recognize God only makes geniuses. And each one of the roles has a different set of responsibilities organized underneath them. Those responsibilities call for a very specific genius, right? A set of attributes, a set of experiences or talents and skills, et cetera, right? So when we say check-in CA versus check-out CA, these are very different humans, right? So that check-in CA is that really extroverted person. They're the person that loves lots of interaction. They get energized by more and more human interactions and communications. They love to multitask, have a lot going on at the same time, and they're naturally a promoter. They're in charge of the flow in the office. They're the face, voice, energy of your practice. And we all know that the healing begins at the front door. That's that big energy at the front of that extroverted check-in CA. Conversely, on the other side of the desk, if you will, is the check-out CA. That check-out CA is the high detail person, loves demands system, structure, order, right? So they're the high compliance, high pace and patience person, right? They're that person who takes no crap, right? So they love your patients, but the way they love their pa your patients is they are guardrails that keep them on track to protect their experience and their outcomes. They are your compliance officer, right? So that's the checkout CA. Very often they, because they're high detail and high order structure, they can be introverted, Right. So they're the opposite of that check in CA. Right. So on the on the other side of the desk, that perfect yin yang relationship. So what you're describing and what I'm trying to describe here and highlight is what's called a cognitive profile. So um, you guys have heard us talk about how we test and we you're really testing the mind. Right. So you hear them like personality profile. Everybody does all, does all these tests and you're familiar with a whole bunch of them. Right. So. We like three different tests, cognitive testing, affective testing, and cognitive testing. Cognitive with a G is what do you know? Okay, so what have you learned? Okay, so what is really your capacity to learn and gain knowledge? That's cognitive ability. Affective is what do you love? Okay, so what type of work energizes you? Okay, so we always want to put people in a place of strength so that they're energized and they're really good at their work. If they're energized by it, they'll become tireless, right? So versus draining the life out of you. Cognitive testing with an N is how do you behave? How do you take action? Okay, that's my favorite type of testing, right? So what we're describing here is cognitive profiles. So when we're talking about this ascension to office manager, the type of person or the cognitive profile that will traditionally excel in this position, they'll be really good at it and they'll be energized for it, which means they'll have longevity and success. That's what everybody wants, right? Putting them into this zone of genius that cognitive profile is the same cognitive profile that you'll find at a check-out CA versus a check-in CA. And here's the distinction. Your check-out CA is the one that really runs the front desk because they're the structured, organized, ordered one. High compliance, pace patient. They follow your systems. They keep that front desk under control, right? So the check-out CA 
who runs the front desk makes the ascension to the next step in this process to the back office CA when they take on the responsibility of running the practice. So Dr. Pete, this is the first step in the four-step ascension. If you have the persona, the personality, the hardwiring to be an awesome checkout CA, keep an eye on that person because they're most likely wicked smart and they're going to get bored at your front desk. And if they're an A player who's smart and really good at checkout CA, they need to know that there's an ascension for them. There's a future for them. So you can start to paint this picture of these tracks of ascension. So that person who might be bored and leave after two years could see and, and be, be a stepping stone. Your practice was great, but it was a stepping stone to my next thing. What you should hear is, oh man, I'd never showed them a runway where they could be with me for 22 years and make a career out of this. So the checkout CA who runs the front desk makes the transition, makes the ascension to back office CA or business office CA when they take on the responsibilities of running the practice. Hey doc, let's face it. 95% of your problems are people problems. Can't find A players, can't keep A players, don't know how to leverage your team, create expectations and agreements, or hold people accountable in order to optimize your team. Doc, what would happen to your practice if you were finally able to get the right people in the right seats, doing the right work the right way? For most chiropractors, it would change everything. You'd increase your capacity to see more people. You'd make a bigger impact and a bigger income. You'd be able to delegate and scale your business. Or maybe you need to get your associate doctor relationship dialed in. That would mean you getting your time freedom back. You could get a handle on your schedule, maybe even become a CEO. If this is what you want your 2023 to sound like, make sure that you join us for the remarkable team building immersion in Dallas, Texas, February 4th and 5th, or in Brisbane, Australia, February 24th and 25th. Man, I'm psyched to be back in Australia. Doc, bring your team with you. Get everyone on the same page. They'll be back in your office on Monday with more clarity, accountability, and purpose than ever before energize and mobilize your team and see your practice grow. What are your goals for 2023, Doc? Is it a seven-figure foundation or a seven-figure revenue or seven-figure profit or maybe even a seven-figure exit? Regardless of what season you're in, you'll need a seven-figure team. Click the link in the show notes and register today. Yeah, Doc, this is so powerful. So hopefully even you hearing this is starting to uh, stimulate maybe some of your history and decisions you've made, positive things you've done, things you've done well, maybe where you've maybe missed the mark on this. But I think one of the things, Doc, Stephen, that you, you shared about, which was it's cognitive. So cognitive specifically means this is really how I behave, right? This is how I take action. So again, we have to be observant, right? This is where we as the, the leaders of the organization need to be very observant and be attentive to the be behavior of our of our people, right? How our team is behaving. Uh, and, and again, you have, you have the ability to do that every day of the week, you know, in your office. So pay, pay close attention to how they're behaving. And of course, like you said, you can have this tested, right? So there's no need to guess when you can test, right? Yeah. So it's, sure it's like trying to guess somebody's blood type. You can't guess if somebody yeah. they type A, type O, right? So no, there's no need for guessing. You test it. And, and sometimes I think, and this is true, people don't know themselves what they are, right? So it's not like you can ask them, the, the, the actual person, the employee in the position might not actually know. So the beautiful thing is you can actually give them that intel and insight. Super powerful. So the second that like you said, part of the ascension in the runway is into the back office CA. And this, this is defined by this person runs the practice. So while the checkout CA is hardwired 
to run the front desk. It energizes them. Uh, it's their zone of genius. It's where they're at their their best. It's what their position of strength is. If, like you said, it's appropriate for them to keep moving on, they want to continue on the, the journey on the runway of ascension, this would be the next opportunity for them then to move into the back office CA position where now you can look at your accountability grid and look at all of the things that probably at this point you are doing yourself and you look at those responsibilities and those things that you've been accountable to for maybe since the inception of your practice when you launched it and you say, you know what, I'm going to begin to share some of these areas of responsibility and I'm going to create an accountability around this part of the business specifically. And I'm going to ask you to take ownership of this. I'm going to delegate, right? I'm going to train you to do this. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to verify, you know, what, what we're doing here, but I'm going to delegate this to you and I'm going to support you in this, but you're going to take ownership over this. So that is, again, the practice schedule, looking at the the schedule of the, of the practice and taking ownership of that from a high level, like one year view and 90 day view and really understanding what's happening, what the past has been and what might be outstanding to the future and what's coming and where we are now, really having an understanding of what's going on with the schedule. Uh, somebody who else can look at that and take ownership on that, not just yourself, this back office role, this runs the practice, looks at the whole, the whole spectrum with you. They also look at and understand what's going on with all your patients. So think about, you know, all those patient files. Think about the active patients. Think about the previously active patients. Think about the all, all of the different levels of future active patients, your lead list. I mean, they're looking at and helping govern all elements of the business from leads to active patients to people in process to recently inactive patients to long-term inactive patients and looking over the whole spectrum of the practice and has an understanding and a grasp of your entire patient base, all the files, all the accounts, and understands where we're at so that if we're going to run a marketing campaign, let's say a reactivation campaign, maybe it's a seasonal campaign, this is somebody you might knock on their door and say, hey, can I get, can I have your ear for about 30 minutes? Because I'm a, I'm a marketing person, but I need some help with understanding how to run this campaign because you, you have insight into our patient database. You know, this person would take ownership over that and they would be energized by that, by the way. This is something that would energize them and, and make them excited. And then, and then the business office, running that business office, if you go back to your accountability grid and you look at the business office, including things such as payroll, some, something that could be taken off of your plate as the CEO. Many CEOs that we meet when we first meet them as owner operators, they're wearing all the hats. And this is one of the hats you're wearing is you're trying to run the business office and be the chiropractor and be the marketing director and be the team trainer. And you're doing it all right. You're, you're, you're doing it all. This is an area where you begin to experience some of the freedom that you need. So that back office takes on ownership of and more ownership over the business office, which is a liberating experience for many owner operators who want to become the CEO, make that ascension. They have to be able to, to release this. They have to be able to delegate this over and equip and empower another person. And guess who that person is? That is that back office CA, Dr. Steven. This is a big step in that journey as we think about the ascension from owner operator to CEO. This is a key position to have in place to be able to do that successfully. Yeah. So as I'm listening to Dr. Pete, it's like, it's interesting to hear that distinction. It's like the same person and they're growing up and into these roles, right? So they're going stepwise as they go step one, step two, step three, step four. What we have to recognize is that, you know, they may not 
want to make that next step. That they, they, they may not want to make that an existential and we don't want to make that a bad thing, right? So, you know, as I listen to the description of that back office CA, you know, I think back to my back office manager, my business office manager, Nina, who so many of you know, because you interact with Nina, she's been with me for 25, 26 years, right? So here's the truth. She was my back office CA. She was the business office CA, but did not want to make that next step to the office manager because the ascension to go from back office or business office CA to the office manager role is they go from running the practice to running the team. All right, so we went from running the front desk to running the practice to now making the ascension to office manager where they run the team. So they've taken on all of those responsibilities and now they're running the team, right? So this person is in charge of like HR. So they're hiring people, they're onboarding people, they're developing people, they're most likely training these people and also firing people, right? So they're in, they own the accountability chart, right? So they're making sure that everybody is in the right seats, doing the right work the right way, right? So they're the person that you, they run the team schedule and team meetings and they're usually in charge of the vital signs and the metrics and making sure scoreboards are populated, that sort of thing, right? So this is that office manager that frees you up from, running the team so that you can lead the team. And we all know that there's a difference. There's a difference between leadership and management. You need an office manager who frees you up so you can do your job of leading the team, leading the business, leading the practice. In other words, most likely, Doc, at this stage of your career, you're probably still in clinical care, right? So you've got patients, you've got to actually play the role of being a chiropractor. And then you are probably also now, if you listen to this podcast, you're probably an inspiring or an established CEO. So now you're the CEO running the business and you're also probably involved in marketing and growing the business, right? So you, the big, big, big full-time job of running the team as your team becomes more robust and more populated, that's you need to delegate that. Get that off of you and let somebody else manage the team, run the team while you can lead the team. So truth be told is I begged Nina <laughs> every year to become my office manager. And she was she was my at that point, my business office manager. Right? I was like, could you please, please become the office manager? Can you please run this team? Help me. Right. So Camilla was at home now having babies. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm like, I'm. I'm overwhelmed here. And she's like, doc, I'll help you out with everything, but I don't want to run the team. She's like, listen, I already have kids at home. <laughs> I don't want to run this team. Right? She's like, I'm very happy back here. And you know what? I begged her every single year to make that ascension, but she stayed with me for 22 years, never made that ascension. So Pete, she's a, she was a cornerstone of the business. No question about it. She was, but, but she chose not to make the ascension to that next level. And I don't want to, I want to make sure people hear that that's not a bad thing. It's GWC. Like they say in traction, does she get it? Yes, she gets it. Does she want it? No, she didn't want it. She did not want to have to run the team. She wanted to be part of the team, right? Did she have the capacity to do it? Well, yes, she was hardwired to be awesome at it. Right. But it was the W piece. It was in this season of her life. She's like, I don't want that. I'm very happy doing what I'm doing. Right. So we just, as great leaders, we have to be respectful of that. And we've got to recognize that that could really sabotage the relationship and the situation, man, you could end up losing a person who would have been with you for 22 years and been such a big part of the business and the culture, et cetera, because you felt like you had to force the function or be manipulative or guilt them into like, I really need you to take this role or shove them in. Right. So human beings, especially great ones are a lot like rubber bands. They might stretch to another place, but it fatigues them. It drains their energy and they're not in their zone of genius. And that's just ultimately unsustainable. Yeah, doc, I think it's such a great example. I think it's really important for everybody to, to hear this and to remember 
you know, like you said, it's a really important point. It's it's not the wrong thing. You know, they may not want to make the ascension to the next level, and that's not a wrong thing. And, you know, when you did this 20 for 27 years ago, there was no testing at that time. Right now, we've got the ability to test this. So Nina was telling you what was going on inside of her. She just had this innate sense like this is not for me, right? Even though you had a, a real need, she recognized like this is not how I'm hardwired. This is not something that I can do. This is not someone that I can be, right? I don't, I don't, I might understand the role. But I do not want that role. It sounds to me like it was a want thing. I'm not saying she didn't understand it. She just didn't want it, right? And she chose to not do it because it was a, there was a lack of desire. There's a lack of want to do that role, which there's nothing wrong with that. And that's the beautiful thing about having, having an Ascension plan, having an Ascension model, is that you know we can see a landscape of where the practice is going as a CEO, the visionary, looking ahead, knowing that there's an ascension uh, for each role in your business, we understand, number one, do they understand the role in the work? Number two, do they want to do it? Number three, do they have the capacity to do it? And then you have to think about it from the perspective, Doc, of the readiness of the actual practice. So we talk about readiness. Readiness factor is the question is, is your business ready for this role in your practice? Do you need it? So thinking about the office manager role, which you just talked about, someone who actually runs the team, is your business ready for that role yet? You actually have to have a team of employees to have a manager to manage that team, right? So a lot of this also has to do with the growth of the business. What level of service are you providing? What kind of revenue is your business generating? What's the number of people that you're caring for on a weekly and monthly basis? This is also a major determining factor that we have to consider as we think about putting people into roles and titles. It's you If you have a practice that's flat and someone who's been with you for a few years, that doesn't mean that they should be ascending into this position if the business isn't growing. So a lot of this is actually, it comes in, 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 it comes in to become a conversation because the practice is actually growing. The business is growing. So you move from the back off the CA to the office manager only when the practice is at a capacity where it needs someone to manage that. And that's why this model must be filtered through the question of readiness. Is the practice ready for this? Is the business ready for it? Is the business owner, you as the owner, do you want this person? Do you want someone to be in the manager role? Does the business have the capacity financially to employ someone at that level? Are we ready for that? Do we see that right now? Is that's an important right now to go to where we want to go next? Thinking, building the team ahead of your growth. All important things to take into consideration as you're looking at this Ascension model. And that last level, that fourth level, Dr. Steven, is that COO role, that person who runs the business. This is another level of the Ascension. Again, someone may ascend up into that office manager role, and that might be exactly where they're, they're hardwired to be exactly where they're designed to be. And moving into another level, going up into that COO role, where now they take on a lot more weight of that business. They carry a lot more of that accountability of the business in addition to some of the other elements that they were doing before. The question is, is that something that you get? Is that something you want have the capacity to do? We call the COO, right? The person who they run the business. 
while you lead the business as a CEO, they run the business versus the office manager, let's say, who runs the team. There's a differentiation there, Dr. Steven. I'd love to unpack this as that fourth level in that Ascension plan on that office manager Ascension. Yeah, you threw out a lot there, Dr. Pete, um, because the truth is there's a lot to this consideration, right? So, you know, talking about readiness, talking, you know, from from the perspective of is your business ready for this role in the business, right? So is there a need for it? Do you need to bring somebody in in this next position for this next step? Is your practice demanding it? Do you Does it require it? Do you want to bring this person in? It's like, man, I'd like to get some of these responsibilities off of my desk or maybe my spouse's desk at home, right? Or maybe I've got this one-man band who works for me who's doing everything. It's like, man, it's just time for them to make an ascension so I can fill in behind them, right? And free them up, so to speak. So get them off the front desk and bring in another CA, get them into the back office, right? So there's all sorts of complexities around this decision-making process. The, can we afford it? Can the business afford it? We'll talk about what you pay these people. I know we're going to do a salary, a whole episode on salaries, uh, compensation, and another one on bonus systems come up, coming up here in the near future. But we'll touch on that a little bit today because readiness of your business to bring on um, either it's a back office here or an office manager or all the way up to a COO, there are different stages of readiness in the business. And a big part of that question mark is financial. Can you afford to have this person yet? Or is this an investment that you're making in order to achieve that? You know, you said something interesting there. Maybe your practice is flat, so maybe you don't need this person. And I want to make sure to point out that maybe your practice has been flat because you need this person, right? So, and it may be time for you to bring in this person to free you up so that you can grow the practice. I hope everybody hears that there are so many factors this multifaceted question of like, is our business ready to go bring in an office manager or bring somebody and groom them to be that COO? That COO is quite frankly, running the COS system, the chiropractic operating system. That's the distinction between an office manager who runs the team and a COO who's running the business. So Dr. Pete, you and I created this program called the chiropractic operating system um, inspired by EOS, but it's the COS system. And the job description of that COO is somebody who runs that system. So it's this set of reporting systems and meeting rhythms that create visibility and accountability to really drive that business so that person can run that business, right? So when you're really ready to make the ascension from owner operator as the business owner to the CEO, one of the prerequisites is you recognize that the CEO has to have its counterpart, the COO. One of you leads the business, the other one runs the business. One of you leads the team, one of you runs the team, right? So you've got to understand in order to optimize this CEO dynamic, right? The CEO role is you have to have your complement COO right next to you. So to make the true ascension, which is of course what this show is all about, for you as the owner-operator CEO, you've got to help yourself, your business, your practice, and your community by embracing the truth. And that is you've got to get your office manager to make the ascension to COO to really do this right. And that's the essence of the chiropractic operating system, right? The reports that give you visibility, the meeting rhythms that give you accountability, and their job description is literally to run that system. So uh, Dr. Pete, I know that uh, we've talked about so many details here from, is your business ready? Is there a demand for this ascension? Who on your team is the right person to make this ascension? How do we communicate these roles? How do we compensate for them, right? So when you're talking about that check 
OCA, you're, you're looking at, depending on where you are in the world, you're going to be somewhere between 30 and 40 grand, right? So that back office CA, you're going to be somewhere between 40 and 60 grand. That office manager can be somewhere between 60 and 80 grand. That COO is going to be 80 grand to 100 grand and beyond. Listen, if you're ready to get to the seven-figure level or you have a seven-figure business, one thing's true is seven-figure players surround themselves with six-figure players. You know, you've got to have a six-figure COO, right? So you've got to have six-figure associate doctors, right? For you to be a seven-figure player, right? So this is a part of a bigger conversation that we're going to have in an upcoming episode. Ultimately, this is the foundation for that conversation because what we have to recognize is in order for us to keep our best players, which is what business building is, it's team building, right? So in order for us to keep our A players, we have to give them a clear line of sight a runway to make sure that they are they know that they're better off with us than without us. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.